situations that I find myself in where no matter how much I tell myself that it's different or it'll work out or whatever, I find myself worrying, I find myself anxious. And the, one of the most common situations for me where I find that like my anxiety goes through the roof, I'm very worried, is flying. I hate flying. People were not meant to travel through the air at hundreds, uh, hundreds of miles an hour in big heavy metal planes. It doesn't make any sense to me. I despise it. And most of the reason I despise it is one year when we went to Nicaragua, I sw other people on this flight will deny that this happened this way, but I swear it happened this way. We were feet from just crashing. I swear I was this close to death on this flight. Now, Megan happened to be on that flight, and she said it wasn't that bad. It was just some turbulence. But the way I remember it, it was near death. Like, I swear we were, like, flying upside down at one point, like, uh, basically almost hitting a mountaintop. I don't remember the details. I just know that it was terrifying, and ever since then, even before then, every time I get on a plane, every time I even think about, like, talking about getting on a plane right now, my heart rate is up. Uh, I, like, I, I'm very worried. I get very anxious about flying. And tonight, uh, as we continue on in our series on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, two weeks ago we looked at Jesus calls us to a different posture, to different purpose, and to different actions. And last week we looked at the Lord's Prayer, and we looked at Jesus calls us to a different prayer life, and not to demand an answer, but to become followers who can understand an answer. And this week we're moving along in uh, that section of scripture in Matthew, we're moving to the end of Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be talking about worry. We're going to be talking about being anxious. But we're going to be looking at how Jesus calls us to a different mindset. So we're jumping ahead in chapter 6 uh, to verses 25 through 34, if you're following along. And we'll have it up on the screen too. But we're going to start in verse 25. Because I think there's, there's a thing when you're reading the Bible... That's important to understand. And that's that most of the people who were around, pretty much every person who was around when uh, this was first being written was not reading this information. They were hearing it read aloud. And so there are a lot of clues in there that we just kind of skate over as we read it. And one of the clues is the word therefore. So in verse 25 it says, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And if we had just started there, I think it would be okay. But one of the things that I want, uh, that I want to, us to get out of these nights is not just to hear one specific message about the Bible, but to pick up little tricks along the way of how to better read the Bible, how to better understand the Bible. And so whenever we see the word, therefore, in a section of scripture, we need to go back to the previous section and see why the therefore, what the therefore is there for. Okay, so we were going to start in 25, but we're actually going to go back up and see the verses before it. So we're going to jump back to verse 19 because it helps sets up the scripture that we're going to be looking at later more intently. So verse 19, it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy 
and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then verse 24, which is right before 25, it says this, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will do, be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot, you cannot serve God and money. And so this is what the preamble to the section of scripture we are going to look at more in depth tonight is. Jesus is talking about laying, well, go back. Jesus is talking about laying up treasures in heaven and not on earth. And then he is talking about we cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. And I think with all of that, when we're talking about money, when Jesus talks about money, I think it's so easy for us to think about literal money only. Like, like, like we all carry around stacks of $100 bills and like that's the money that Jesus is talking about. But I think that there's more to it than that. And that's why we have to look at this section in its entirety. Because not only is Jesus comparing money and God saying, these are the two masters, you cannot serve uh, both. You will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. And then he goes into uh, some more detail about what money means. And I think that even in the context that we read the Bible, that, that definition looks different for each and every one of us. It looks different uh, from talking about food and clothing and literal stacks of money, literal, uh, like, cash. But it, it's the things, and we'll look at it in, in, in detail here in a second, but it's the things that we desi- end up desiring, right? It's this materialism. It's this, this uh, not even the coveti- coveting the things we have, the things we wish we had. So whenever I just said all of that, there was something that probably popped into your head, something that you're like, yeah, I guess that kind of is this for me. And I, and I don't want to just list a thousand examples and hope I hit that one. But as we talk about money, as we see it compared here uh, in different ways, I don't want us to get caught up in the literal word money, the literal clothes, the literal food. I want us to think about what is that for us today? What does we find in our life that ends up rising to the top of importance and priority that would fall under that category, things that, that this material nature. So that's the preamble to verses 25 to 34. And it's a pretty familiar passage, but I think a lot of times we just start in 25 and we don't look at the stuff that the therefore is pointing us back to. So we can jump to 25 now, John. It says, therefore, remember, we look back, we know why it's there. I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, Nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like these. And so if we're talking tonight about Jesus calling us to a different mindset, what he lays out here in this first part 
of this section that we're going to look at is what I would call the false mindset, this idolizing of what we have or what we wish we had, the worry about these things that are bubbling up to the top of your mind right now as we're talking about that, the anxiety creeping in on our circumstances, decisions, desires. What Jesus is laying out here is actually this, is that worry, right, this, this, this worrying, this anxiety that we have about the things that we want, the things we wish we had, the things that we cannot control even in our lives is not compatible with our faith. It's not compatible with our faith. And, and that sounds a little harsh, but we'll go into it in a little more detail and you'll, and you'll see what I mean when I say that. Uh, in, in this section we just read and then in the next few verses we'll look at in a second, Jesus tells, says, do not worry or do not be anxious three times. And again, when we're looking at a section of scripture, when we see things repeated once, repeated twice, repeated three times, they were listening to that. that that's a key in to us as the reader, to them as the listener, that this is something that he's really trying to emphasize, to underline, to bold, to bring to our attention. So he says, do not worry, driving this home. And, he, and he's not saying, don't worry about the future so you don't need to do anything, right? We don't need to make plans. We don't need to work. We don't need to have any responsibilities. That is not what he's saying. So that's what I want to I head that off here. Uh, and, and you don't go home and say, well, Nick told me that I don't need to plan for the future. So I'm not even going to apply to colleges anymore. I'll just, it'll work out. Uh, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Jesus is, is saying all this. He's emphasizing becoming engrossed in our material consumption or our comforts. This false mindset that we have that we worry and worry and worry about the things that we wish we had, the things that we want to keep and, and not lose. And yet, if we just stopped, if we just looked around, if we just maybe had a different mindset, we might realize that that, that is not what's most important and that we already have so much. And then uh, just to finish this off, um, nope, go back. Uh, a couple more things about worrying. It, it's unproductive. Worrying just leads to more worrying. Have you ever been anxious or worried about a situation or an outcome of something or, or something that you wanted and you were worried you might not be able to get it and that worry had any positive effect? The best case scenario for worrying about something is that it doesn't come to pass and you're like, oh, whew, cool. Like that's the best case scenario for, for, for thinking like that. It's unnecessary. Uh, last week we looked at the Lord's Prayer and we looked at the line for a, a decent bit of time. Give us this day our daily bread. Why do we worry about all these things that we wish we had when we just learned earlier in this chapter a few lines ago that, that part of our, our change to our call to a different prayer life is, is to pray for our daily bread, for God to give us the things that he knows that we need we need to realign what that looks like, not the things that we want, but the things that God wants for us. And it's, it's unworthy. We are so much more, Jesus says, than just physical beings with material needs. Because of our faith and life in Jesus, we are more. So in verse 25, we'll look at it one more time here because I think this is important. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or drink, 
nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. And I know we talked about this already. It's not just the food. It's not just the clothing. It's whatever it is that we are putting up there at the level of importance that the people that Jesus is talking to clearly are putting food and clothing up there. The thing that we're saying, no, maybe this does compete in my mind, in my time, in my energy with God, with scripture, with prayer, with whatever it is. Maybe this thing, these food, the food, clothing, whatever it is that you're thinking of, maybe this is as important. Jesus is saying, is not life more than these things? And so if this is what Jesus is saying not to do, what does he tell us to do? What is the different mindset that he calls us towards? And as we look at the last few verses that come right after this, I think we'll see three keys to the different mindset. And so uh, let's read those verses, and then we'll talk about those and get to small group. So the next four verses, 30 through 34. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious, third time, about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I think what's interesting to point out here, uh, we touched on what this does not mean, right? It does not mean that we're, we're exempt from working hard, Towards, towards a better future, right? Just because Jesus says um, we don't need to worry about it doesn't mean we don't need to work. It also means we don't, aren't responsible, right? This doesn't exempt us from any responsibility in our lives to others. Uh, the roles that we play in different levels of, of leadership on sports teams, whatever that looks like, none of this is exempting us from trying, from working hard, from any of that. And I think that last line is also important because I think we can read this and jump into the mindset that, oh, well, if, if we're not supposed to worry, then life will be good, right? And that last line is so interesting to me because right after he says, for the third time, do not be anxious for, about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus is acknowledging there will be trouble sometimes. Life is hard Sometimes, and yet, we are called to a different mindset, not one that dwells on worry and anxiety, but dwells on these three different keys that we're about to talk about. Well, the first one is faith. First one is faith. If you go back, uh, if you go back to verse 30, there, go back. Um, at the end of verse 30, uh, but if God so closes the, gra closed the grass of the field, which today is alive and thrown in the oven tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. He literally brings the question up. Are we trusting God to meet our needs? And that's important, needs, not wants. In verse 32, he talks about how this is what the Gentiles do. We, like I said last week and like I said the first week, the Sermon on the Mount is for people who are following or seeking to follow Jesus. So we, as followers of Jesus, we are not doing what those people who don't follow Jesus are doing. We need not worry. 
Worry spirals us down. It has us drooping our shoulders. It has us looking down and sad and upset when we should be looking up towards Jesus and where he is calling us. The second key after faith is in verse 32 as well. And it's uh, right after the, for the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. The second one is the father. And I think it's important that, this is, that we know that if we view God as the father, that makes us his children. And I, I talked at the beginning about how I hate flying. I hate traveling. Uh, it's not my favorite thing. One of the other things I really hate, I get anxious about, I, I get very nervous I worry constantly is when we're going on like a long road trip and I am not the one driving. I hate, hate being in the car, like whether it's shotgun, whether it's all the way in the back seat, like I get car sick, I get very nervous, I get very anxious if someone else is driving. Except there is one person who when they are driving the car, I can fall asleep. There's one person when they are driving the car, I do not worry. And this is not the best person I know at driving. This is not the person with like a, the perfect driving record, no speeding tickets, none of that. It's just the, for whatever reason, it's the person that I feel the most comfortable with when they are driving so that I can fall asleep. And that person is my dad. And he's not, he is not the best driver in the world. He's a heck of a lot better than my mom, but he is not the best driver in the world, but for whatever it is, knowing that my dad is the one driving the car, knowing that he is the one who, at this point, 30 years into my life, has yet to crash and kill me while I am in the car. And if that's how I feel about my dad and driving in a car, imagine how God feels when he looks at us, when he says, these are my children, I will get them to where they need to go. I will care about them so much more. I think it's important to acknowledge and continue to remind ourselves that, that God is not just a person that, that we think about as like a powerful person, that God is a father figure, the heavenly father, and we are his children. And the third thing, the third key is found in verse 33 first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I think that as we put those three things together, we have to remember that we need to put God's will first in our lives. And we've kind of been talking about this as we go. Like I said, the Sermon on the Mount builds upon itself. So we looked at the different posture Jesus calls us to. We looked about how prayer is woven into those different postures that we, Jesus calls us to. And now I, th I think that as we put God's will first is, is one of the most important keys as we talk about the different mindset that he calls us to. Worrying about tomorrow does not help either tomorrow or today. And I came across this quote in one of the uh, commentaries I was reading to prepare for this talk. And I thought it was just such a good quote. It says, the average person is crucifying themselves between two thieves. And those two thieves are the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow. Jesus tells us three times in those verses we looked at, do not be anxious. Do not worry. Have a different mindset. He calls us to this because Jesus, unlike us, is not an average 
person. He was actually up on a cross between two thieves. He was up there so he could be a bridge between the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow, bringing not just his body up on that cross, but forgiveness for what has happened up to this point in our lives and the peace to know that what is to come he is handling. He has got, he is in control of. He died so that through faith in him, through relationship with him, we could live and not worry or be anxious, but in faith with the Father, seeking him first. Jesus calls us to a different mindset where faith in the Father comes first. It comes before food, before clothing, before whatever it is that we are so focused on and distracted by. Jesus says that is, we need a different mindset where faith in, the, in our Father, in our Heavenly Father, comes first. So that's what I want to talk about in small groups tonight. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll go. Jesus, thank you uh, for, for this group of, of students and leaders. Uh, thank you for this time that we can dive into your word uh, to, to even begin to scratch the surface of what it means of what you said and how we can apply it to our lives. God, be with each and every group tonight. Uh, bring to mind whatever the clothes are, whatever the food is, whatever the thing that distracts us, that puts us in this false mindset of focusing on things that we want or th keeping the things that we have and, and distracts us from putting you first, from putting faith in you, our Heavenly Father, first. God, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. And all God's people said...